Yeah. Check it out. See, the only thing you need to do right here is snarl your freaking head. Yeah, boy, it's June 24th, and it's episode 170, and this is the Fantasy Football Auctioneer Podcast at thefantasyfootballauction.com, the internet's only website dedicated to fantasy football auctions. If you want to find us on Twitter, we are at Fantasy Auction. We've got a great show for you tonight. Tonight, we're going to answer some listener questions, and we're also going to take a quick look at the AFC West. But of course, our analysts, they're always here. Hopefully he doesn't have a disease from sitting on a tractor all day. Hey, Blester, bailing some hay today? We bailed a little hay today. We bailed a little hay, cut some grass. Uh, wasn't nearly as productive a day as I thought it was supposed to be, but I got, got some work done anyways. Speaking of not being very productive, neither was tonight Hopefully the the uh, technology keeps us rolling here. <laughs> and he's still calculating to see if uh he won our huge dino trade slim. Biggins, I tell ya. Will the real slim Sadie please stand up? I repeat, will the real slim Sadie please stand up? We're gonna have a problem here. Yeah, some big names, I guess. Um I just was thinking I can't help it. This is really hard to go through oh. the second time. These intro, these intros, yeah. they are. No. Uh, it is tough to make it seem organic, isn't it? Real? Is this? Oh, I yeah, wonder if it, it sounds as awkward but, to the listeners as it feels for us right now because we've done this once, and so now it's like man, it's <laughs> Groundhog Day here, kind of. Yeah. Groundhog Day. I feel like Bill Murray. Groundhog Day. Get up and sit that hog out there. Yeah. Come here, Groundhog. Now, Blister, Blister, did you get the uh, big insight, Talia? Did you get that reference? No. I it's, heard it. Uh, <laughs> uh, slot oh, machine. I you heard it. Well, that's good. It's uh, Carrie Lynn's favorite slot machine. I thought I'd put it in there as uh, it's Auntie Buckets and I. It's our anniversary, and I'm spending it uh, in oh. the uh, dumper right now doing a podcast. So I thought at least I'd give her the, the, the casino. <laughs> Quote out there. Anniversary today. Anniversary, wow. you know, with the lobster traps. Happy oh, yeah. anniversary. You never yeah. told us. This is the first thank time. Thank you. Thank this, you. This, listeners, is actually new stuff. Completely brand new. So the reaction <laughs> you're hearing is genuine. Um, wow. I can't believe you didn't tell us this the first time either. It kind of hurt, but. Wow. I'm trying, trying to keep it fresh, guys. Just trying to keep it fresh. Um, but hey, I also was thinking it's probably the third anniversary of when Auntie Buckets uh, busted into the podcast cranked up. Is that you guys recall right? that particular? I do Trump recall that as a skunk. Yeah, I think yeah. she was coming home from the rendezvous. Maybe something like that. It was her mm-hmm. Gibby, if I recall. I think it was a staff oh, party. Yuck. It was the year-end staff or no, party, or it's when Gibby was it when they scared board office. Board office staff and I party. jumped through the roof when they scared me. I don't know. I think it's that. I don't know. Oh, give me scared me one time. Anyway, it's okay. Well, that was sort of organic, guys. So there, there's a awkward uh, shit, but... prolonged intro. I know. Let's get a rolling ball. So if you guys are ready, then I'm ready. Let's cock the hammer. It's time for action. All right, so like I said before, and I said before, we've got a great show for you tonight. We're going to uh, answer some listener questions and take a look at the AFC West. Um, we're going to roll into our first segment here. This one's called We Just Got a Letter. 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 Wonder who it's from. All right, so... In this segment, we answer questions from Twitter. If you want to ask us a question, hit us up on Twitter. We are at Fantasy Auction. This first one comes from Latex Salesman 7 
which is weird. That means there's six other dudes that have late salesmen as their uh, Twitter handle. So I wouldn't have chosen something else. Yeah, <laughs> kind of good. Because his actual Twitter okay. name is Art Van you try it. So yes. it all oh, well. together. When you think now, does he is, is Avatar's profile picture? Is it George or is it him? No idea. I can't remember that much. Okay. Anyways, okay. So here's his question. It's a multi-step question here. So we're just going to break it up and we'll go step by step. First part of the question is here. Uh, what percentage of the draft budget are you reserving for running backs versus wide receivers? Slim, I know you got a great answer for this. Go. How did you know? Uh, 50%. 50% is what I'm kind of looking to spend at running back in assuming one QB, um, with kind of no funky different types of scoring. So I kind of always assume like you're starting two running backs and probably going to flex one. So whether you got one flex spot, two flex spots, whatever. And if not, you want a decent one on first guy coming off your bench anyway. So assuming all that PPR league, 50%, I think it allows you to spend somewhere in the ballpark. You could comfortably spend 60 bucks and maybe even a little north of that if you wanted to on your RB1, which should get you one of these top guys this year, um, or hopefully, uh, give you, you know, roughly $20 to spend on your RB2, and then you can kind of do whatever you want with the rest, like whether you want to put five running backs in your roster or only four, it's up to you, but at least it still gives you some flexibility, and I think it still builds in so that you can spend about 50 bucks, uh, maybe even a little bit higher on your wide receiver one. So you can kind of really go with, a stars and scrubs type approach, but still have some room to get right. some of that mid-level wide receiver to RB2 talent. And then hopefully you've done your due diligence and you fill out your bench with a few dollar guys and some five to eight and then a couple $10 guys sprinkled all throughout. Nice little mix. Sure. So what does the wide receiver budget look like then? Like what are you allotting for that? Is uh, If you're over there, are you 60 yeah, like I don't even have that off the top of my head, but I think if I did something like 50% for running back, then say I spend 50 to 55 on my wide receiver one, probably leads me to spend about 15 to 20 on my wide receiver two. Um, and I guess crunching some really quick math, it would be something about 10 to 15 on my wide receiver three. And then probably still close to 10 bucks left over for my wide receiver four. And then I can start throwing some darts at one or two dollar guys to round things out. All right, Blister, I know you got a great answer for this and it's going to feel fresh because I didn't hear it before. What do you think? I like Slim's idea. I like spending 50% of my budget on the starting running backs. Um, when I look at the, uh, uh, my, my tiers, for example, and what I have running backs, I, I, I'm not confident in a lot of the cheap, cheap running backs that are down there. I don't think I'd be confident in my team if I had to start, uh, if I had to start my team off with, uh, Joel Mixon, for example, or, um, Sony, Sony Michelle, uh, even Derrick Henry right now. I'm not too sure if I'd want them to be my RB1. RB2, I could live with. RB1, yeah. probably not so much. Um, so yeah, I, I think you're looking at probably spending 60 plus on your RB1 and looking for a good deal, maybe an Alex Collins or maybe even a Lamar Miller as your RB2, uh, with Dante Foreman banged up still. Um, and then taking a bunch of shots with the guys after that that could eventually work into a starting role. So I think there's a lot of guys down there. Not a lot of them right now have their names, uh, like the cheaper guys, not a lot of them are have a role carved out yet, but by the time August rolls around, they could. But I definitely like that more so than spending doing yeah. that with receiver. I think there's a lot more receivers. Even if you missed on a top five or top six receiver, I have a, I feel better this year about filling your, uh, filling a pretty strong lineup with receivers that might be down in the 10 and $15 range. So I'd be okay with doing something like that. Right. Okay. So just to go into the second part of his question here, it's are you trying to get at least two of the top 12 RBs? And it sounds like for Looking to get um, and maybe get a deal at the bottom end at uh, top twelve. Still, what do you think? No, I don't think I'm actively looking. Like, I kind of like what Blister said. If I if I can get one of those top six or seven, depending how you rank or view some of those guys. Like, some guys really like Melvin Gordon, and I'm trying to think of guys at the bottom of that. But I mean, yeah, the obvious are like the Gurleys and the Lev Bells and stuff. Anyway, I can get one of those guys. 
I don't mind going for a higher upside player, even a couple. Like maybe I'll I'll take Mixon or Geis or somebody like that that's going to be a little bit cheaper. That if they pay off, um, then you know that could win me my league if I pair them, especially if I pair them with the right RB one. Um, you know, like Gurley last year. Perfect. Um, so I don't think you need to get a couple of those, like two of those top 10. And I feel like after you get past those top six or seven, it's kind of a wash all the way down to maybe RB 12 or something anyway. So, I mean, what's the difference if I'm spending RB eight money versus RB 12 or 13 money? I mean, they could save me 10, 10 bucks or something like that. And I could get very well the same production as I am with that RB 13 versus RB eight. So, I, I'm not. I. I don't. Right. I think it kills your budget if you spent two. Got two guys for say sixty bucks. Like I just. I don't know how you could really afford that, uh, or what the rest of your team would actually look like. I don't know if you'd right. be happy with that. So I like going with get one guy that you kind of think is a sure thing, and then hit, try to hit those home runs and take those higher upside guys. Even a guy like Rashad Penny, somebody that you think, hey, he could lead to some third down work. Um, or get get touches all three downs. Um, if those guys end up hitting and become you know low end RB ones, uh, yep. you're probably laughing. Uh, is Blister anything else to add to uh, the budget or looking at those top twelve dudes? No, I, I pretty similar to what Slim said. I know there's another part to this question. Were you just going to talk about that one too about how the AAV should be bumped for a fourteen team? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just wanted to see if there's anything else you want to add there. Okay, no, I know. I think that's pretty good. I think, um, you know, I, I guess again, your budget, uh, you know, you have to be flexible at the auction. We always say that, and 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 I think you know this is just the first step, but you got to play that waiver wire. Like I remember last year, probably never spent so much on a player as I spent on David Johnson last year, and you know how that worked out. He didn't, he didn't. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, didn't last, but I was able to play the waiver wire and slap a team together there still. So, uh, yeah. yeah. So then look at the AAVs being, um, you know, changed or bumped around for a 14 team league. I know, Slim, you usually have yep. a pretty straightforward answer to this one. Yeah. Like I say, don't overthink it. It doesn't have to be like, we're talking about rough values anyway. Like these aren't right. exact. I mean, hopefully they're close, but what we kind of find is the general rule of thumb is if you start at a 12 team league, anything you go. So if you add teams, so you, every, for every two teams you add, so if you go to 14 teams, you're going to increase every value by 15%. And then conversely, if you take away teams, so every two teams you take away, you take away 15% off of every player's budget value. It's a pretty straightforward way to do it. It's not 100%, but it's pretty darn close if you're using some pretty accurate auction values to begin with. Right. And so, uh, Blister, first, the first thing, you just seem to be getting lower and lower in the screen. I, I'm <laughs> enjoying But uh, anything else, Blister, like if you're 10 and a 14, what do you do to your auction? I, I started to put some values in for the quarterbacks at 10 and 12 and 14 team leagues. Uh uh, yeah. just because I'd been in a couple drafts and they, they were, I was seeing some kind of, uh, somewhat of a trend. So I was putting that in there. It was kind of surprising how with the quarterbacks, especially, you know, Rogers and, uh, Russell and Tom would get some pretty big dollars. And then it was like Wentz and Watson that were coming up. And it was, you know, guys like, uh, Phil Phillips been like this for a few years, but he was a buck, but so was, you know, Matt Stafford and, and other guys that I think could be very viable options, especially at the offenses that they have for only a dollar. So it was quite alarming. People are dumb. Yeah. You can pick up like, <laughs> why would you spend even $7 on, you know, on, on, uh, Carson Wentz when you don't even know if he's going to start the season or you could have Stafford for a buck and, you know, the point differential is going to be minimal, but that $6 difference could be a, you know, a heck of a good player or two good players on your bench that could be potential starting running backs down the road or, or whatever the case may be. So it was quite, uh, quite shocking. I, I don't know if I did it exactly at 15% when I calculated the 14 team and the 10 teamer, but yeah, you just got to realize that when there's 10 teams in an auction, 
there's less overall money to be spent versus when a, uh, you know, if you're normally in a 12 teamer, um, versus when you're in a 14 team, now there's more money to be spent, which then can cause the prices of players to go up just because there's more money overall. People can bid just trying to get that one RB1 out of, you know, out of the 14 teams that are in there. So it costs a little bit more usually. But then when it gets down, yeah. like after the big bucks are spent and, you know, the 14 RB, the top 14 RBs are gone on, on wide receivers and, and, you know, the top three tight ends and probably the top three quarterbacks. And after that, it, it, it starts to level off and, and, you know, you're still going to have a pile of dollar guys near the end. Sure. Okay. So that about sums it up for Atlee Tech Hillsman as seventh question. Um, let's move on to the next one here. This is at Street Cash Homie 12. He asks, in the past, have you done a more quarterback by committee type situation with three to four guys in that $10 or cheaper range? And then it's looking at two QB leagues. So quarterback by committee, three or four guys, but the cheap quarterback slim. Have you ever tried that? Yes. Um, and? And <laughs> sorry, I guess you could have just no. answered yes, and that would have been no, no, no. I would say, Jesus, so gather my thoughts, guys. Um, no, no, I, no, no. You know what? I really thought, Slim. I really thought you were just going to say yes and leave it like that because that was you would answer it like that because it was a quarterback question, and it's like yeah, yeah. Go overthinking <laughs> yeah. it again? No, um, <laughs> no. I, I I will say I probably um. I can't remember what did he, what was the value that he wanted to work with first here? Uh, ten, ten bucks or less. Ten or less. So if it's a two QB, I think yeah, for sure you need at least three guys. Um, I think you might want to spend a hair more than ten on your on one of them. In my personal experience right. with two QB or even we'll say superflex leagues, but because they're Super essentially flex, two sure. QB leagues for most people. Um, for in my experience. If you kind of start waiting a little bit too long and get everybody under that $10 mark, um, it looks a little bit barren sometimes. Um, and to kind of be a spoiler alert, I think I've a couple of years ago, I know I dabbled. Uh, it was actually in the Scott Fishbowl. I said, you know what? I'm not getting a quarterback until like, and this wasn't an auction, but it was like the 12th round. I'm just waiting until it becomes just dead. And then I'll get my quarterbacks yeah. and I'll tell you, <laughs> it was a pile <laughs> of hot garbage and my team, I don't know if that was the sole reason or not, but I had a hell of a time scabbing together, um, viable quarterback weeks that year. Um, so that could have just been an outlier. Like, you know, you pick the right ones and then obviously that's different, but I just think typically you don't like most times what you're looking at um, as you get under $10. But I will say that we're deep this year. Like maybe you fill out a team of, um, you know, Philip Rivers and Alex Smith, and then you throw a guy like Mitch Trubisky or something out there. Well, that might not sure. be terrible. Um, whether you can get them all for under 10 bucks, I'm not sure at this exact moment, but um I think in most years it's a little bit dangerous uh, unless you're really confident that, and you've done a lot of mocking where, you know, there's some guys that you really like uh, in that price range and they're consistently in that price range. Because one thing right. I find is when you mock draft, a lot of people, they just fuck spending on quarterbacks. They don't do it until the real draft hits when the money is mm -hmm. on the line. And then it's, whether they get a little bit nervous too, I find those quarterback and two QB leagues, those prices kind of inflate a little bit from what you normally see in a mock draft. Yeah. So, and I guess one thing you need to reinforce here too is those two QB and super flex leagues, obviously the drives the price range of, or price of those quarterbacks way up too, right? If you're in one QB, I mean, 10 bucks gets you oh, yeah. QB yeah. eight or something, right? Yeah, like this is a so no Blister, what about you? Uh, are you ever hovering down low, down low there in your two QB league? I'm hovering down low in this bed. <laughs> I was just going to say, uh, <laughs> loud. Same experience as a slam. I remember when we, uh, first time I went into some two QB leagues. Actually, the first time was Rich Perry's old league. Remember when he ran that league? Yes, sir. Oh, boy. 
win it. You could win it and got nothing though, because there's no prize money. But that's, anyways. Uh, <laughs> my experience was similar. If if you wait, wait, wait on quarterback, you get end up having a shitty team. And I think you need to pick at least one top six, top eight quarterback if you can, and then go from there. Because everyone's going to draft at least three, which means us in a twelve team league, that's thirty six quarterbacks. So they're already drafting yeah. somebody that's not even starting. So it's so hard to get. Like you can't just stream. You, when you hit the quarterbacks, you gotta. If you're waiting and waiting and waiting, like you might be able to wait till in the two QB league, they they go earlier, way earlier. They'll be going in the first round, big the big names. But I, I don't like to jump at them in the first round. I would probably, if I could, I'd wait till the third or fourth round, as long as there's still like a, a top eight, top ten guy there potentially. But um, you need to you need to have one pretty solid one, and then you can play with the second and third a little bit. But they are quite valuable, and again, depending on the scoring, you know, maybe they're even more valuable. So, uh, yeah, I think last year did we our auction went to two QBs last year, didn't it? Uh, yes, Superflex, Yeah, is it this? Is that way this year again? Yes. Okay. Anyways, yeah, get one yeah. early. And let's also reinforce here two guys. He's saying quarterback three or four guys. You have to have three in a super flex league, right? Like there's, you can't, you're not just taking two. I don't mess with doing two. I really don't. I, I try and get three, even if my, like I know my third guy last year, uh, oftentimes in a lot of leagues was Deshaun Kaiser, but at least I thought, okay, I don't have to spend big on a third quarterback. He projects to be the starter. At least it gave me a starting quarterback in case something happened early in the season to where there was an injury. I at least had an option until you could pick somebody else better up off waivers as injuries started to happen. Because Blister's right. There's just the well runs out. I mean, I don't know if you need to spend, like, get a top, top guy. I mean... A common guy for me last year was, you know, uh, Philip Rivers. I was okay having him as my QB one. Probably on a lot of lists, he was the quarterback, you know, 10 to 12 or I had him personally a little bit higher, which is why I kind of found myself going after him a little bit. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I think you find a guy at your price range that you can live with. Ideally, somebody you project to be a QB one when the season's over, like, so you want someone in that top 12 and then kind of go from there based on price, see what you can do. I mean, I don't like to spend more than five bucks on my QB two, and you can usually get somebody fairly serviceable. Like last year for me, again, it was Carson Palmer. A lot of the time, um, it's probably why I didn't do so well. He got hurt, but, um, anyway, they're out there. All right. So then last, Last part of the question here, Blisters, have you ever, have you ever tried going like really low, like QB 20 and below and has it worked out for you? Yeah, that, that doesn't work. And I think I did, <laughs> I did try that before and, um, yeah, never worked out. My team was awful. Lost at that quarterback position a lot of points and just didn't work out. Yeah. Wouldn't recommend it. Yeah. Don't do it. No, and if you go that low, you're going to need like four of them because like, you're streaming, right? Mm-hmm. We look at that idea of streaming tight ends. You, you have two or three, you, you know, you have three guys and you stream them. That's right. You're going to, you're going to, you're going to have a lot of work to stream and there's just not going to be the options out there. Yeah. Whoopsie. So, all right. So let's move on to the question here, guys. Uh, and might, well, it's going to be an interesting question. Anyway, so this is um, at JFK123, um, new Want follower to, to the FFA. Uh, I'll let you answer the answer this question first. What do the suspensions of guys like Edelman or Winston, what do they do not only for their own uh, auction values, but the guys that they're tied with? So if we're looking at, uh, you know, Tom uh, – Tom Brady, or if we're looking at Hogan, or even looking at uh, Mike Evans or Djax. So, what do you think about the suspensions to Edelman, Winston, Blister? 
Well, I think Edelman's price is going to drive. That's got to come down a little bit. Um, I don't think it's going to affect Brady at all because he's still going to throw it to whoever else is going to be open. So, uh, I think Edelman's price could come down a little bit more. You might, you know, might get him for under $10 now and that might be worth still buying him, but you're losing four games out of the season from him for sure. Uh, with Brady, like I said, it won't affect his value. He's going for over twenty, sometimes thirty-five bucks in auctions, and that's just ridiculous. If you ask me, I think he's going to be on the decline yeah. now. Um, but Hogan is a guy that you might, you know, even even with all the hype. And if you're listening to podcasts right now, you probably listen to multiple multiple podcasts, and his name comes up quite a bit. Um, but even with all the hype, and then I go into an actual auction, and he doesn't cost all that much money, and so. Hogan is still a guy that right now you're going to get for under $10. So that could change obviously by August, but so it's, it's not affecting him too much. If anything though, his price will probably go up as the, you know, more and more reports come out of training camp. Um, with Winston, he had been getting a ton of hype. Uh, he finished the season pretty strong last year and everyone was pumped for him. And right now he's got a, a three game suspension for his off field conduct with an Uber driver. And I think that, you know, that's uh, a little bit scary, but, uh, I just feel like if it's, you know, just the things I keep hearing, it's, I'm thinking three games he might be lucky, but so I think, you know, his, obviously his price is going to come down. He wasn't expensive to begin with, you know, but, um, but there was high expectations for him, but now if he's going to miss out three games, it does kind of, I think, uh, Fitzpatrick still looked Evans away quite a bit. I don't know about Djax, um, or, um, Godwin. Like those are two other names that we, we were talking about. Then they also have OJ yeah. Howard and, and Cam Brate. But I, I think that Evans will still probably garner, uh, a lot of money because his name and he's a number one. I think the rest of the receiving core though, I think, if anything, they could drop their prices down a little bit more yet. And again, though, with the auctions I've been in, uh, D-Jax and Godwin, are, they're basically going for a dollar right now anyway. So I don't think they're going to be all that expensive no matter what. And Howard and Brait, I mean, they kind of kill each other's value when people look at that. And so I, I think that, if anything, Winston's value, if he was going to go for eight, he might go for four or five now. Evans, if he was going to go for... 55, you might go for 52. Still going to be expensive. Yeah. Do you think that anything um, you want to add to that as far as the suspensions go? Sorry, you said to me, you kind of cut out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I, I don't draft Edelman. And in a one QB league, don't draft Jameis Winston. <laughs> Because why do you want guys on your roster, unless they can be league winners, which neither of those guys can, uh, why do you want them on your roster when they're missing games? Like, it just doesn't make sense uh, to waste that money, especially positions that are deep. Like, I know a couple of years ago, I, I bought Levy and Bell um, when he was suspended. And, yeah, he was awesome when he came back because he's Levy and Bell. I mean, there's 15 other Julian Edelmans, and there is – probably 10 other Jameis Winston. So I'll take those guys yeah. that are going to play 16 games or project to play 16 games uh, versus those guys. But to me, their their value is dead to me. Like I will not own any of those guys anywhere. I agree with what Blister said. Like I don't think it affects many of these other guys a ton. Djax is dirt cheap. Mike Evans, he's was going to cost no matter what. Uh, like Blister said, Fitzpatrick, if anything, he might see his, his games improve because Fitzpatrick is kind of this guy who's like, Hey, who's my alpha dog? Uh, okay. I'm going to look to you. Yeah. I don't care. I'm just going to force feed you the ball. Um, and yeah, I think, you know, maybe it gives a slight uptick to some of these other weapons, uh, in New England, like Hogan, Gronk, maybe, uh, Jordan Matthews, um, you know, I don't know if it affects Brady's value at all because I don't think it really, unless Gronk goes down, I don't think uh, any one of these guys in that Patriots offense is just like completely detrimental to the entire offense with the system that they run. So, um, yeah, I don't see it changing much for any of the other guys in these scenarios except for the two guys that are actually getting suspended. Okay. Well, and I was wondering if you if the need Jordan Matthews is going to come up because I think that that's the guy that's going to be able to fill in that slot role too, right? For Edelman while he's gone. And, um, yeah, I mean, 
it's hard to say with New England, but um, like J Matt, even though he maybe hasn't lived up to the completely to expectations, like we know he's been fairly serviceable and there's been some conflicting reports about what kind of went on in Philly and injuries that he may or may not have had or been asked to play through or wasn't allowed to let heal up. So I don't know. I think he's going to be very cheap. He's maybe a guy that you would explore as a, as a buck or two at the end of your draft if you were, you know, so inclined, but um, definitely an intriguing name that we've probably many people have heard kicked around a fair amount uh, so far this year. Well, in Blister too, like, what do you think New England does some funky thing? Might see, uh, um, Rex coming out of the slot for those first uh, few games too, right? He might just, like, that's something Belichick would do. Just let's throw, uh, Burkhead out there and he's going to be our slot receiver and yeah. barely touch the ball as a running back. Yeah, actually, I heard him talk about that today on a pod uh, as well. So he could, yeah, you never know what they're going to throw at you, and, it could, and it'll be different every game too. So that's the frustrating part about any part of the New England offense yeah. is it's, you just don't know who to, who's going to be good. And almost, you know, if, you, if you've if seen Hogan go off one game, you almost know you got to bench him the next game because it's probably going to be a totally different game plan. That's yeah. a frustrating thing. So, I mean, if you don't and he goes off and he does nothing, you're like, I knew it was going to happen. And if you, I, you know, it's just, they're frustrating. Absolutely. Okay. So that's uh, two questions, you guys. If you, if anyone has questions for us, we're at Fantasy Auction. Hit us up there. And answers will come your throughout the week, and maybe you'll end up on the podcast as well next week. So uh, let's finish with that, and let's move into some division brains, guys. So um, I used to have intro music for this. I think it was um, Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what it was. So anyway, so let's try that. Let's let's try to fit that in there. So this is the division breakdown. for July 1 to get the membership site up and running. And in there, we have in-depth breakdowns of each of the divisions. Blister takes his time to roll through the AFC, and uh, Blister, Slim takes his time to roll through the AFC. So uh, we're going to take, take a look right now at some of the work that Blister's done with the AFC. Uh, Blister, just like we went through last week, uh, just someone missed last week's pod when we uh, broke down the AFC division, uh, why don't you just tell us a little bit about what your thought process is while you're rolling through these division breakdowns? Well, it's just a quick overview of kind of what the team looks like this year. Uh, basically, I look at where they finished up offensively last year, what their record was, and I, I jot in there who they lost for free agents, who they added, and some of the draft picks that are offensive that have a chance to produce. And then I give a quick blurb on who my, my gut instinct will be, the stud, and I try not to always pick the obvious, but sometimes that's the only person I got or, or right. a, a person I don't have a lot of faith in. I might have a breakout or a bust potential or different things like that or a value. So that's basically for each team I, I run through, I give a, a little quick breakdown because sometimes people, when they first take a look at things, they're not even realize they only realize that, Oh geez, I didn't realize that uh, Jamal Charles wasn't there. or CJ Anderson wasn't there this year. And so right. you know, that's the first thing that catches their eye and, and real, then they have to, uh, adjust of course but yeah so and big basically with the with the broncos case keenum was their big big signing that they took from the vikings and uh again a guy that i wouldn't be drafting in a in a redraft uh one quarterback league but in a two quarterback league he'd be a guy who potentially could be your second quarterback and he had a good year last year sure. and he's got some good weapons on, on a receiver so you know when i look quickly through that denver broncos team you know, I think about every other year at this time or the past three or four years and, you know, Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders were guys that were costing me some fair amount of money in, in an auction draft. Demarius Thomas would always be, you know, well over $40. Emmanuel Sanders was cheaper, but I mean, he finished as high as a wide receiver five one year. And so I'm sure the following year his price was a little higher. But this year, there's nobody even really talking about them. Like, there are a couple of the quietest names out there that no one's talking about. And, you know, last year, Demarius almost put together a thousand yard season and they had nothing at quarterback. So now he's got a competent, capable quarterback. And, um, 
you know, their defense is still pretty good. They should get some good field position. Uh, they really don't have anybody yet that's emerged at tight end. Uh, Sanders is more of a slot guy. So, you know what? T- Thomas and Sanders both could be two nice under the radar guys that could, uh, could be very helpful to your team this year. And nobody's talking about them. And on top of all that, they're both in contract year. So the chances of them probably are good that they will not be back in Denver next year. And they're playing for money. So you know what? They got a lot of things pointing up for them right now. And the nice thing is they're just, they're in the shadows. So if you're drafting, if you're drafting, you don't want to take them both because that's a lot of risk. But if you can get, uh, I'd rather have Demarius Thomas myself, but yeah, that's my, that's my take of the Broncos. Well, when we look uh, slim at a guy like Demarius Thomas, when we're looking at the Broncos, this is the type of guy, if you're going to go 50% of your budget or more at running back, this is the type of guy that you're going to find a deal on. And hope if you just get 16th, you know, uh, I think it's still going to be a value buy for you. What do you think? Oh, I think, like Blister said, I think both – him and Sanders are going to be values. I think Sanders is going to be a, a heck of a lot cheaper than Demarius, but um, I don't know what kind of price at the moment right now, but, I mean, it's not, like Blister said, um, last year he still finished with almost a 1,000 yards and mentioned how abysmal the quarterback position was. To me, getting a 1,000 yards is pretty much a foregone conclusion unless he gets hurt. Um, Cause I think there's, just, right. it's a big upgrade. So um, at quarterback. So, yeah, I mean, I think he's still going to be a value. I think you can expect wide receiver two numbers out of him. Maybe even this might sound crazy. I'm not trying to sound like hot takey or anything here, but maybe even yeah, yeah. he could approach some wide receiver one type numbers. And I yeah. think, a guy like that is probably in a lot of drafts ends up going for maybe mid thirties, thirty dollars, maybe at the cheapest. And I bet you you could get Demarius Thomas for mid twenties or cheaper. So I think he's right. definitely going to be a good value. Yeah, the two yeah, the, auctions, the auctions I've been in. Sorry, Bex, he's went for twenty seven yeah, and twenty dollars, and and Emmanuel Sanders has went for about twelve. So pretty pretty cheap for potentially a wide receiver one, maybe a wide receiver two. That's, you know, that's, that's really good value value right there. Guys, that's if we just, uh, you know, if we're doing a buyer sell type of a thing here, um, Slim, if I'm looking in the ballpark of Demarius Thomas, where he's ranked right now at around wide receiver 17 in consensus rankings on fantasy pros, um, Juju's going for about the same, the, the same dollar value, and he's ranked one slot higher. Are you doing Juju or Demarius Thomas? Uh, I'll probably go Demarius only because uh, Juju's got Antonio stealing a bunch of touchdowns probably there, so I'll take the touchdown upside that Demarius could have. Hello? Uh-oh. I got scared off. So, should we keep going with this? Yeah, uh, sure. yeah. Oh, there he oh, is. There I am. Sorry. Sorry, but um, do try that again, Slim. Are you taking Juju or Demarius Thomas? Demarius Thomas. Uh, it's close, but I'll take what looks like, the, you know, Antonio Brown is there to hold down Juju to some extent. Uh, Demarius looks like the wide receiver one in his offense, so I'll go with the wide receiver one. Okay, and then that same ballpark blister. What about Amari Cooper or DT? Oh, DT. I don't like Amari Cooper. I would. I can't stand that bum. He's a piece of crap. <laughs> <laughs> he is. He does nothing. I mean, any Oakland receiver has done nothing ever since he started taking them all back. At, they just went downhill. Oh, come on, crabs, I know. Baby. I know. <laughs> Crabs, yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah, crabs. crabs. I I, actually, I did. I did like Trinity Wright. Slim, that's a good point. I did like him there, not last year, but I no. him before that. But yeah, he did. Well. All right, so um, Slim, I'm going to slide it over to you just because of our uh, big trade. What about the uh, running back position with the Broncos? 
I knew you'd do this. Um, so yeah, I mean, <laughs> see how I did that, right? I jockeyed it just for this. Yeah, so. yeah, you did. You wanted me to pump this guy's tires even more. Um, but yeah, I, I've maybe I haven't gone on record. I think I have maybe to you, Bex, because we've made a dynasty trade that involves this guy. But I, I like Royce Freeman. I think he's the best running back on that team. I think he can potentially uh, become the three down back on that team. Um, and any running back that can be on the field for all three downs has immediate value. Um, I mean, I still think there's some Devonte Booker people out there, which is fine. That's good. It keeps his value down. Um, yeah. I think that you're probably looking you, like you won't have to spend a lot of money on a guy like Royce Freeman. I don't think unless something crazy happens in training camp injuries, whatever we see a preseason game where he just kind of goes off and is catching passes and yes, his hype might start to build a little bit more there. But I think to me, he is a guy you really want to watch in training camp because if he is getting three down work and his price stays where it probably is right now, which I think is going to be quite easily under $10. He is a guy you might want to target in every one of your teams or players like him um, because they can offer that three down upside. Um, and the offense as a whole, like we talked about when we did the receivers, it, it should improve. The, the quarterback play is vastly going to improve. And that's going to be a big, um, big boost, I think, to the running game. The offensive line isn't, isn't atrocious. Like it's, it's, it's serviceable. So, he should be able to get some running lanes. And if they are an actual threat to pass the ball now, he should even get a little bit more running lanes. So yeah, definitely a guy I keep my eye on. And I think he could end up, he could end up finishing as an RB2 this year without much of a problem. Was there anything else you wanted the Broncos or should we move on to the Chiefs? We move on. Freeman's been going for about 12 bucks in the auction I've been in. So 12? Oh, okay. Yeah. Ah, rookie, hey. Sometimes yeah. those guys yeah. get a little bit of the hype, but I was surprised. Virgil yeah. Green, keep an Penny, eye too if Penny's you're a tight end streamer. Penny's been going for about seventeen. Another, another uh, rookie tight uh, running back. So, yeah, they're a little more expensive than I thought. Yeah. That we know what we see in preseason. You're right. So let's move on to the Chiefs here, uh, Blister. Um, Key free agent signings. We're looking at Sammy Watkins being added. They got rid of Alex Smith, like we know, and uh, Albert Wilson. So it's going to be the Patrick Mahomes show. And th- this changes a lot of things in their offense. So talk to us about uh, what you saw with the Chiefs when you broke them down, Blister. Well, uh, you know, Travis Kelsey last year ended up as the number one tight end in, in fantasy, and I think he has a good chance of doing that again this year. I guess one of the biggest – two concerns I have, two of the biggest concerns I have, I have a few question marks with this offense. I really – I'm not a big Sammy Watkins fan. Um, last year he finished as wide receiver 40, and the Rams offense was the number one offense in the NFL. So how do you yeah. – you're supposed to be the wide receiver one and you're actually 40th overall and he hasn't really done much ever. Um, which is disappointing because I got his autograph on a Bills hat in Toronto. Remember that? <laughs> Can't, and that was worth nothing, but, um, <laughs> you know, pucks. yeah, dang. And then, you know, there's a lot of love on podcasts for Patrick Mahomes and I, I mean, uh, he's basically, to me, he's a rookie this year. He didn't play last year, really. And, uh, you know, so to me, I don't know if I can put that faith in him. Like, I, I don't, at this point, you know, things could change, but it's in late June here, two thirds of the way through June. And I can't imagine my, myself ever targeting him in an auction. And if he did, I guess he'd only be a dollar in a two QB league. I mean, there's upside. He's got weapons, Travis Kelsey, Kareem Hunt. Watkins, Tyreek Hill. I mean, potentially there are some good weapons there, but I just think that, uh, yeah, I guess overall my take on that, I think Hunt will have a, 
a bit of a regression. I think Andy Reid still likes Spencer Ware. So I think Spencer Ware could cut into some of the touches still, whether we think that's right or not. Andy Reid will think different anyway. So I think I, I don't, Kareem Hunt is a guy that I'm not going to target in an auction because I know he's going to cost over $60. Yeah. Finished as the running back four last year. Had some really poor games at times too. And, uh, I think that people are going to go after him hard and it's going to be pretty pricey. Same thing with Tyreek Hill. I, I just think that the, the thing with Sammy Watkins is I don't think he's great, but they give him a huge contract and they didn't come over there just to play, uh, like, um, just to, to, just to run routes and not get the yeah. ball thrown at him. He's going to have his chance to catch the ball. And I think that, he, you know, whether he, you know, first of all, you got a, a rookie, basically rookie quarterback throwing it uh, to a guy who hasn't really produced a whole lot. So, I mean, all these guys in my mind, except for, if, with the exception of probably Kelsey, all the rest of them, I have some uh, question marks around what they could possibly do this year. And it makes me a little bit hesitant to, uh, to target them because they're probably going to be kind of pricey and I don't want to spend my money on something that I don't have confidence in. So that's my take right. on the Chiefs. Slim, anything, any love like Chris Conley? You, you used to enjoy the athletic abilities of, uh, and fantasies were stacking him for later on. Does he have any sort of up here with Mahomes at the helm? No, I think the, it comes down to Hill, Watkins, Kelsey, Hunt. And that's going to be the lion's share of offense right there. Um, and, yeah, I think there's some questions. I think people maybe need to pump the brakes a little bit on the Patrick Mahomes love. I, yes, he has yeah. some physical tools that um, if he, you know, shows really well, I think will be great for this offense as a whole. But, I mean, it's still a big ask for him to do it on a consistent basis. Um, I mean, I'm optimistic. I just don't know if I'm ready to take him as like the QB five or something crazy like that when, you know, I could get Russell sure. Wilson. So I'm not, I'm not ready to go quite that crazy yet. Um, yeah, I think Kelsey is pretty safe. Um, I actually think Tyree kills pretty safe too. Uh, I know some guys get scared off and there's different things. Like I know he scored a lot of big play touchdowns last year, but, um, he did that just, year before. Yeah. Before that's, too. that's just <laughs> what he that's is. What he does. One of the most explosive, yeah. maybe the most explosive player in the NFL. The Chiefs know it, which is what gives me some hope. Andy Reid is very good at giving or trying to give his playmakers the ball because he knows that they're an advantage. And, um, so that whether there could be some some regression in some of those big plays, but I also think he's playing with a quarterback who is suited for those big plays as well. And I know Alex Smith had his best year ever in with deep ball completions last year, but um, Patrick Mahomes is just as far as slinging the rock down the field. His pro, he's just better than Alex Smith was. Um, and not to mention, they'll probably look to get him the ball just in space on short little routes and things like that. And the odd little, uh, handoff and end around and stuff like that. So he's going to get touches. Um, Sammy Watkins. I mean, I have a lot of the same reservations as blister. I don't think that he's not talented. I mean, I think a lot of what the Rams did with them last year was maybe not use him like they could have. And whether right. that's because defense has played him and Robert Woods was actually better than a lot of us thought and, Whatever, there's reasons for, I guess, all that, but, um, I question, you know, what he's actually gonna do in this offense. He kind of seems to me like a one-dimensional wide receiver where you got Tyree Kill who can do a lot of different things. So they're just gonna line Watkins up on the outside and just let him do those things out there and, and that's it. They spent a lot of money to, to let him do that. And I know that's kind of the Chiefs way. They, they just got out of salary cap hell and now they might find themselves going right back in there with, stupid signings like this, but um, yeah, I, to me, Sammy Watkins is a guy I'm probably not going to own anywhere. I think like Blister said, he's going to be expensive and I'm not confident that he has enough ways to win against cornerbacks in the NFL that 
he's going to be that you'll be able to rely on him week in and week out. So I do worry that he could eat into Tyree kills production a hair, but I also don't know how much production you're actually going to get from him. And um, so there's, there is a lot of questions. I, I'm kind of like blister. Like I'm not super confident. Like I don't have a good read on what I think they're going to do. Um, but I do feel optimistic about the potential of this offense. And I think there's going to be a chance to score points. Plus I think their defense might end up being a little bit shitty. So uh, if that's the case, <laughs> then they might be in some shootouts where they just got to score. So that's always a good thing. Well, and why not spend the money on Thomas like we were just talking about rather than Sammy Watkins, right? If you're oh, going to yeah. spend in that, the upside, there's not a thing. Yeah, no, I agree. I, if you're getting those, if you're talking about two guys at that same price, then I'm going to take Demarius all day. Yeah, and I think it's going to be funny to see what the price range is going to be for Sammy because I think guys are bullish on him like, you guys are talking yep. about tonight, but somebody's going to be willing to spend, I think, because they're going to open up the main and they haven't really watched football. Oh, I think, my, yeah. My, my take on it. He might not go for over 20, but I still think even if he goes for $18, that's, that's just too much. So again, he's too an, much. He's, yeah. he's probably a straight up avoid for me, just about. Just about at any cost, because I feel like if he goes for over five, he might be overvalued. <laughs> Which is sad. So speaking of, yeah, I was just gonna say. Speaking of uh, avoided cost, the, the the moves that the Raiders have made, blister. Um, they they're not running a dynasty roster over there from the looks of it because they're not afraid to spend money on old guys. Um, I think anybody in a league that you were playing dynasty with, if they were making these moves on their dynasty team, you would be um, ridiculing, heckling, um, all those types of things. But the but Gruden's decided that this is the route he wants to go. So if we look at what the Raiders have done, you know, in uh, the Muscle Hamster, bringing in Jordy Nelson, um, what about? Uh, you know, even Martavis Bryant, who might be getting himself in some more trouble, getting rid of another guy like Michael Crabtree, like we were just talking about. Blister, what's going on in in Raider Nation? And what do you hate besides Cooper? Well, I, I don't like a whole lot about the Raiders. I'm, yeah, um, it's because uh, I cue the vitriol coming. I know Blister's yeah. going to be like, <laughs> just uh, I'd like to like them, but I don't. Uh, to make matters worse, I I think Jordy's old and he's uh, he's gone away from Aaron Rodgers, and it's going to be pretty hard for him to to produce anything close to what he used to. I wouldn't be surprised if Mar Tavis Bryant is has a lengthy suspension based on what we're hearing, and. So on top of all that, they, uh, as far as receivers go, they have the fourth toughest strength of schedule this year. And at quarterback, let me just go back to quarterback for a second. Uh, for quarterback, it's the eighth toughest. So that's pretty tough combination if yeah. you're expecting results out of those positions. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm not a big fan. I mean, they have Jared Cook at, uh, tight end we you know he's he can have some good games but you never know when and where they're going to come out of the woodwork marshawn lynch he's not getting any younger and doug martin hasn't looked good for a while so i don't know who you can actually sign off this team or buy on your auction with confidence i don't even think that Derek carr is a guy that probably be targeting so all in all yeah i i I'm just going to leave them alone and, and not touch any of the Raiders. And, uh, you know, I think obviously they're all going to go, they should go cheap. I mean, somebody might pay for Marshawn Lynch because they, they, you know, he's been around for a while. They know his name and he'll be listed as a starter. They might pay more for that or, or, or same like Jordy Nelson. They might, you know, I don't think he's going to cost you more than a couple bucks, but, um, yeah, for me, I'd rather go in a different direction where there's probably going to be a little bit higher ceiling for the guys that pay the same amount of money these guys will cost. Yeah, uh, Slim, I may own a wide receiver from the Raiders this year. How about you? Uh, I'm, you may, you said? I may not, and I always own at least yeah, one do. receiver. No, but I, I, I don't think I'm gonna this year. I probably won't either. Um, I agree. I think Jordy Nelson's 
if he's not washed, he's pretty close. And I think, like Blister said, losing that uh, that quarterback that he had in Aaron Rodgers is going to be – it's going to hurt. There's no way it can't hurt. Um, yeah, I mean, Amari Cooper, I think he, for whatever reason, like one of the best college prospects to ever come out at the position. Um, but for hasn't just seemed to be able to put it together in the NFL for, for whatever reason. And, and the moves that they've made just haven't given me confidence that this coaching staff is going to be able to put them in any kind of good situations to win. So, um, if there is one player I'm targeting, it's probably Marshawn Lynch. Um, I still think John Gruden is going to want to run the ball because, I mean, he's building a team yeah. like it is the 90s, yeah. so yeah. why not? And I, I and Doug Martin doesn't scare me at all. So um, I think Marshawn Lynch is the guy you want to go after. I think he's going to be pretty cheap if you can get him as an RB3. Um, I think he's got touchdown upside. Um so yeah, I I I'm kind of like blistered though. There's not a lot great you can say. Jared Cook, I agree with a lot of what he said, what Blister said about him. Um, there is potential. Like he does get targeted, he does catch a few passes. Um, he's pretty consistent in that regard. It's just that um, the ceiling isn't really high, but the floor is pretty safe to catch. You know, three passes every game kind of thing, uh, and you just cross your fingers and hope that. Uh, maybe this game, there's, yeah, one's a touchdown or one game he gets seven catches or something like that. But, um, if you're streaming tight ends, he's a pretty good option to have is maybe like your tight end two, uh, really late in the draft if you're going that route, which I think a lot of our listeners probably will end up finding themselves going this year. Um, so guy you might want to keep in your radar. You could probably get him for a buck. Um, and he should be able to outproduce that, that price point. Okay, so on to the last team here in the AFC West. Blister, we're looking at the Chargers now. Uh, not much in the free agent signing as far as fantasies earned. They did lose Antonio Gates. They've lost uh, Hunter Henry now. Uh-huh. Um, and really only one, I, I mean, to me anyways, the interesting rookie draft is uh, Justin Jackson. So I think there's opportunity there. But, I mean, it's Keenan Allen. It's Melvin Gordon. Um we are, we know that already, right? We know what's going to happen there, but what else do you see happening with the Chargers? Well, they could sign Antonio Gates still. Um, mm-hmm. just with the fact that, uh, they lost Hunter Henry, which was so sad because <laughs> I really thought I was going to have a tight end in Dynasty this year. And now all this is scrapping <laughs> crap together, even though Slim made a nice offer. I, 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 it was very reasonable, but I'm just going to wait till a little closer to the season and see how bad I hurting at that point. But yeah, Keenan Allen, if he stays healthy, man, he's a, a favorite target of Philip Rivers and Philip Rivers still every year. It seems like we've done this. He never gets any love and he always. He, he always produces points and, you know, he still goes for a dollar now. And if he's your, you know, QB two and a, Q, a two QB league, you're in pretty good shape there. So I wouldn't hesitate from drafting uh, him. I mean, he could be your, your number one if you want him to, but to, to be, but yeah, I like that Justin Jackson you mentioned because if Melvin Gordon, anything happens to him, uh, he's the guy. He's he's a good get, guy. He doesn't get hurt, does he? Melvin Gordon, Gordon he doesn't get hurt. No, no, nobody gets, no, but yeah, <laughs> boy, I just want to go back to Philip. Yeah. Philip finished as a uh, quarterback seven last year, threw for four, 4,500 yards, 28 touchdowns. Like, I mean, just 22 points a game. He averaged, you know, that's pretty yep. good. 20, just solid. Cam, that, Cam, Cam you can just rewind, right? And play the yep. same podcast last year and the year before. Yeah. Yep. And the year before. So, uh, you know, that Philip Rivers, he's a guy you want to targeting late. Yeah, him and Big 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 Ben too. Big Ben was right behind him, and those two guys are not even talked about in drafts right now. It's kind of weird how deep this quarterback class is with uh, some of these young guys that have come onto the scene and stuff. So, um, yeah, Philip Rivers guy. I mean, if you were going to sit on wait on quarterback, there he was, number seven last year. Uh, you could have him and cost you a dollar and you could, a lot more money to spend on everywhere else. But yeah, Melvin Gordon's going to, you know, out of all the re- running backs, he does seem to be, you know, if, if you consider him, obviously you probably do consider him a top eight, but Melvin Gordon, uh, 
I got them for 49 bucks in one auction, and I'm just going to go down and see. And let's see, the other one he went for 51 So uh, quite a bit of a discount compared to even Kamara, obviously Gurley, Bell, Johnson, Zeke, all those guys. You're going to get them for a discount, and the guys are going to get a lot of touches. Um, so yeah. you could take Gordon and take Justin Jackson for a dollar at the end, and you have a handcuff that, you know, wouldn't won't cost you a lot because some people don't know who he is still. Right. So, yeah, that's about it. I mean, Keenan Allen, he was a little more pricey. I got him as well, uh, $51. And let me see the other time he went for, uh, where is he? Not sticking out here. 56. So, a little, probably the priciest guy on the, on their team that you're going to draft. Yeah. Slim, do you like Keenan Allen at 51 bucks? I think that that's a steal. Um, yeah, I think that that seems, I would, I don't know if I'd say steal, cause I still think there's guys yeah, like, he could be wide receiver one, right? Like he definitely, there's no question that he yeah. has that upside. I think there's a chance, like it's within his range of outcomes for sure that he finishes. I mean, I still think that Antonio's ahead of him, Hopkins, uh, Beckham, and then the conversation, I think kind of, you know, wherever you put Mike Thomas yeah. and things like that. But so, yeah, I mean, to me, I think he's top five. Um, so yeah, 51 is probably, you know, he probably normally goes around 55. I still think that you're going to see a lot of guys, one, they're going to spend a lot more on running back at the top end. You might see after those top three guys that I mentioned a little bit of a tear break or a drop off where people start saying, well, is there much difference between Keenan Allen and Julio Jones? Man, I'll take the cheaper guy. Like, you might not just get as much of the bidding wars as you would um, as far yeah. as, like, those very top guys. But, yeah, I mean, if I got Keenan for $51, I'd probably feel pretty good about that. Um, and I like Keenan a lot. So I just – I don't know exactly how um, – necessarily how cheap – I guess is the word that the, some of these top receivers are going to go for. But I mean, normally you're going to get one or two that go for upwards of like 60 or more. And then after that, it kind of starts to spread out somewhat. And I mean, usually there's what six or so that probably go over 50. So if Keenan's in there, that's, it's probably, that's probably okay. Not too bad. Yeah. Um, what about, uh, um, guys, Mike Williams, Austin Eckler, are you yeah. looking at those guys at all in your drafts? Um, I'm not really looking at Mike Williams. Uh, I'll be honest. I, I think there's going to be a little bit of hype there that I don't want to pay for. Uh, I was never yeah. sold on him anyway. And if it comes down to picking a guy like that, I want the cheapest guy. And if that's going to be Tyrell Williams, then I would Tyrell. rather just own him. Because I think that he'll outproduce him, and if he's cheaper anyway, then that's the guy I want. Um, but in terms of like Justin Jackson or Eckler or anything, I don't know. I have I I really don't know how much they're going to use Jackson. So until I kind of have a better feel on that, um, like I know I picked up Eckler in a lot of leagues off waivers last year, and he was pretty serviceable um, on some of the weeks when Melvin Gordon was banged up, and even when Gordon came back. He was involved enough that, uh, like, he, yeah. you could still use him if you needed to. Um, so there's going to be some value somewhere there. I just don't know if you can trust either one of those guys, if they're going to use both. Um, I'm not sure how that's going to work right now. So at this moment, I'm, I'm cautious, but I would say that's a spot that you want to pay attention to because typically in the past with this team, that, that, third down running back kind of thing or you know it does produce some value mainly because they don't mind using those guys in the red zone and they get some sneaky touchdowns that way so uh unlike most other teams so it's something you want to try and watch for and if you can find the guy that's going to win that job outright he's maybe somebody you want to target at the very end of your draft right okay awesome that's uh i thought a quick look at the afc ended up being a longer look but that's okay it was uh it's, there's a lot of lot to talk about in this division, I think, as far as fantasy goes. Uh, there's been a lot of moves and a lot of big names, so I think yep. we broke it down pretty good, boys. Yeah, buddy. Anything else to the division blister before we go? 
No, I, right now, both the Williamses in L.A., you can get them for about a buck at the end of your draft. So I think hmm. one of those guys, I think one of those, wow. definitely one right now in Lean and Tyrell, are going to probably see a lot of the looks that maybe Hunter Henry would have gotten. I think those guys are right now more talented than the uh, tight end crew that they have. So those guys have a better chance of picking up some of that slack that probably would have been going to Henry. So keep an eye on them because they're worth it. Like Slim said, uh, they're worth a flyer in your draft because they, they can and will produce. Yeah, geez, I think if you could get uh, Tyrell for a, for a buck, I mean, that's a must-have. For sure. Yeah, I think there's going to be points scored in this offense. So um, outside of Keenan, like somebody else has to do something. It might not be super consistent, but, I mean, they're going to catch some catch the ball. So – Right. You got to try and find that guy. All right. Awesome stuff, guys. Uh, answered some listener questions at Fantasy Auctions, the Twitter handle. Broke down the AFC West. Uh, it took us a little while to get on the pod, but I think there was some good content that we gave the listeners voice. Always. I hope so. <laughs> All right. Well, um, uh, let's call it a wrap. Uh, Slim, I'm sure I'm going to see you either – Debating other dynasty auction offers or, uh, um, I'm sure you're going to have something else you're going to offer me. We seem to be, uh, in constant conversation over dino trades, which is good. And, yes. uh, Blister, I know yeah. I'm actually going to see you tomorrow. That's right. Your turn to buy. Uh, I'm having my eggs signed up with uh, some sausage and it's my turn to buy. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> What? I don't know what he's giggling about over there. Something yeah. happening below the camera I don't know about? No, no. I was laughing because you, you <laughs> remembered it was your turn to buy. No, I sent a picture. Yeah, uh, well. I got home from the country there and come in and had a shower, getting ready for the pod, and I look out and there's Char in work-type clothes um, with a bag of grass seed in one hand and a glass of wine in the other, doing a little yard work. <laughs> So I snapped a couple pictures. Grass and wine, eh? Grass yeah. and wine, old chair. Snapped a couple pictures and sent them to the neighborhood. <laughs> so I they're just getting back to me now. <laughs> so it's funny comments. Oh, okay. Well, all of a sudden you just started giggling over there. I, didn't, yeah. I was like, I didn't know what was so funny. We're going to go for breakfast? And I didn't think it was that funny. Uh, all right, yeah, boys. I'll, uh, we'll, we'll talk to you. You guys later, and for everyone else, I'll see you when it's springtime in the Rockies. When it's springtime in the Rockies, I'll be coming back.